Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Welcome to this next episode of Box Talk. I am here with a special guest. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself? I am Will Vicinas. I'm the uh, founder and president of Fearless Athletics, CrossFit South Philly, and CrossFit Penn's Landing. It's a mouthful, but I like it. It means there's been some success in there, right? So that's a good sign. So, Will, why don't you go ahead and just give us your story? I'd love to kind of hear, you know, how you came to um, own Fearless Athletics and, and, and be within the CrossFit world. Okay. Uh, actually, I, I discovered CrossFit in around 2005. Um, I was a runner at the time, and I was experiencing a bunch of running injuries. My doctor said that I needed to incorporate some strength training and some core training into my workouts. Um, and that very same day as I'm leaving my doctor's office, I ran into a friend of mine who had been a personal trainer at one point, and he's like, I'm doing this cool new thing at a park. You come, gotta come check it out. Um, so I went that weekend, and it was my first CrossFit workout. It was a Tabata, um, very low equipment. It was like ring rows, pull-up, I mean, uh, push-ups. We did some kettlebell swings, I think. It was the hardest thing I'd ever done, and I was hooked. Um, so, you know, I started doing CrossFit regularly, uh, as part of my rehab program for my injuries. Fast forward two years, um, I'm still doing CrossFit and I'm finding out that it's, uh, benefiting me in other areas of my life as well. Increased self-confidence, um, I'm in recovery from drug addiction, so it gave me something positive to do. Um, something to look forward to, something that I was good at, um, all kinds of stuff like that. It just kind of kept me going on some days. And then my coach got an offer he couldn't refuse to uh, move his family to Virginia. Um, <laughs> and we didn't know what to do. So uh, a bunch of the other athletes and I decided we were going to try working out on our own. Um, that gave me an opportunity to learn how to program. And um, I, I, I came up with some workouts. My coach invited me down there for a weekend. He's like, I'm going to teach you everything you need to know. He recommended I get my CrossFit certification. And at that point, he told me, you know, I had thought about just leaving the business to you, but I didn't know if you were interested. And that kind of planted the seed to, you know, give it a try. And so that's what I did. I, I um, With another friend of mine, we affiliated with CrossFit about a year later, um, and it just grew from there. Oh, that is so cool, though, just to know that he started you off on that track and then helped you just, you know, continue along it and, and grow. And and so how did you come to now own, you know, Fearless Athletics and, and, and two locations? Because you guys have two locations, and I know you've kind of grown exponentially. How did that happen? Um, a lot of it happened with... Uh, just the concept of, of what my coach had done for me, giving back to our, you know, giving back what was given to us. Um, you know, one thing that we wanted to do was make sure that people had an opportunity to see their potential. Um, and when we moved to our, our first larger location, um, that's when we kind of came up with the brand of Fearless Athletics um, because. It, it was a more cohesive way of, of saying, you know, what kind of people are we? You know, we have to be people who 
you know, are not afraid to try anything, are not afraid to put in the hard work. Um, so our, our brand of fearless came in there. Um, and people really identified with it and they identified with our main focuses of, you know, it's not just about the leaderboard. It's about who got their first pull up today. It's about who did their first workout as prescribed. It's about who walked in the door for the very first time and got through a workout, um, things like that. And our second location came about kind of another one of those, um, you know, universe handing me stuff kind of things. Um, <laughs> I was just starting to think about what am I going to do with um, CrossFit South Philly. We were, we were at the point where we had as many members as we could handle without overstressing the location. And I was like, should we move? Should we keep the membership? What should we do? And within a two-week period, four of my members um, and trainers, you know, some were members, some were trainers, they all came to me individually without having spoken to each other and said, this place has changed my life. What can I do to give back? How can I get more involved? Um, so I what? said, hey, let's <laughs> And we decided that uh, the time was perfect for an expansion to try to see what happened. And that's where CrossFit Penn's Landing was born. Wow. So did, did those four help really come on board and make that happen then? Absolutely. Yep. So um, we, we did it as a, as a partnership. Um, they invested in the organization. Um, and then together we, uh, we all got onto the same page about you know, visioning and making sure our, our mission was clear and, you know, what kind of box do we want and then we put it in place. Wow. Oh my goodness. Now, do you personally run from one to the other each day? Not each day, but pretty often during the week. Um, <laughs> All the time running back and forth. How close, how close are they? Uh, they're about uh, a mile from each other. Oh, so really? Dang, that's amazing, though, that you can be a mile from each other and probably still hit all new populations. Absolutely, yep. Wow. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, and I do want to just talk about, because I think it was so cool how you brought up when you first started CrossFit, just like that it was giving you confidence. And um, that's kind of what you were seeing your members when they would say, like, you know, this has changed my life. And it's not about, you know, the leaderboard, but it's about helping them do new things and try new things. And I just love that aspect of it's life changing in more than one way. And that's, what's cool to see that you guys have taken that and probably brought it to a whole new demographic by opening a second location. I just think that's awesome. So, um, and, and kind of going off of that, I know that you guys have a lot going on. You have many locations, you, you're doing all this different stuff and you have tons of different programs and specialty classes. I know that. So, um, I'd love to just kind of get a brief rundown because of your guys' different offerings that you have and um, you know what, what they are, and if you could just kind of give a, a brief glimpse into each, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, let's start with our, what I think are our two most popular programs. Of course, we do CrossFit, um, and then we have a program called Intensity, which, guess what, it's CrossFit. Uh, <laughs> All of our programs are based on um, con uh, constantly varied functional movements done at high intensity. And it's really just for us uh, a question of where's the focus. Um, in our CrossFit program, we program on a strength bias. 
Um, so we have a lot of strength training days, um, uh, heavy days, at least a couple times a week, and uh, a lot of our workouts have some sort of barbell component. Um, when we first opened our box, one of our biggest um, obstacles to overcome with potential members was that they were either scared of the barbells or just plain not interested in them. So we went back to our roots, uh, back to when we were working out outdoors with our previous coach. And we said, you know, that was CrossFit too. And that's something that anybody can kind of walk in and with less instruction, you know, kind of get up to speed safely a little more quickly. So it makes it a little more accessible. So we implemented that as our first add-on program um, with kind of a target target of, you know, people who are a little scared of CrossFit. Um, and it worked pretty well. Um, our, our next add-on program was an Olympic lifting and powerlifting program, and that was a specific request of our members. Oh, okay. So, they're, you know, they're like, well, you've got all this focus for people who don't want barbell. What about us? We want more. Uh, so <laughs> we added that. And our other specialty programs, uh, they're, they're really just supplemental training that's offered to anybody who has a regular membership um, just because we think those components are, are critical to success. Our skill and strength class focuses on gymnastics-based movements. Um, our, we have a yoga class. We have a kettlebell and core class, just because I like it and it's fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else do we have? I've got some notes here. Um, uh, master's class. Um, as I started getting older, you know, I started wanting to learn more about the older athlete and um, it was a really good fit for our demographic. Uh, and uh, recently we've added uh, back into our programming um, competitors workouts for people. We actually focus it more on people who are training for their first or second competitions, not necessarily athletes who are going to the games, but it's a good chance to, Aww. how do you kip a handstand push-up? How do you kip a toes-to-bar? Um, workouts like that. Oh, that's kind of cool, getting them ready and maybe even less nervous for their first competition if they haven't ever done one before. So, interesting. So now with with these add-ons and these programs, um, I know you kind of gave a reasoning behind some, like the intensity that was for people who were afraid of the barbell, and then um, the, the Olympic lifting was specific requests of the members. Did you add these on one at a time, like once you saw the need or the desire? Is that how you guys kind of determined on what you added? A little bit of both. Some of them were planned add-ons um, because, you know, when you only have one hour a day to get in touch with these athletes and some of them only come three times a week, you know, you're really not going to hit all of the stuff that they need to be well-rounded. So, you know, the, the skill and strength class, um, the yoga class, things like that, those we specifically planned in because we wanted to make sure they had more opportunity. Um, the other ones kind of grew organically. Um, and then recently we've actually just brought in two more, which um, are just a natural extension of the, the growth of our company, um, that they're exclusive free programs for our community. We have a youth program where we've affiliated with Steve's Club. So um, 
you know, we give uh, free CrossFit to high schoolers in the neighborhood. Uh, and then we've also started up a partnership with Human, uh, Human Strength, which is an outreach program from Phoenix Multisport based in Colorado, which provides free CrossFit to people in recovery from substance abuse. Whoa, that's awesome. Did you guys just start that this year? Uh, yeah, both of them started in September of last year. Wow. So what, what does that entail? I mean, you guys going places and, and connecting with people at different places, or are they coming into your gym? They're coming into our boxes. So we set aside time in our schedules uh, dedicated exclusively to these programs um, to give a safe space. Um, and, you know, we, uh, we have um, all of our Steve's Club coaches have to be, you know, um, CrossFit Kids certified, background checks, things like that. And for our human strength program, we got special training from the folks at Phoenix Multisport about uh, ways to coach um, people in recovery or who might have some other sort of trauma. Mm, okay. And how did you get involved with each of these programs? Was it something that just kind of appeared? Did someone come to you or did you go to them? Uh, it's, it's very providential. Um, the, you know, I'd been... Uh, I'd been a supporter of Steve's club since they started because they're just across the river from us. Um, and so I always knew who they were. And then the director of their national program became a member of our gym because she lives in Philadelphia. So, you know, we started the conversation, seemed like a fit and we went for it. And then, um, the creator of Phoenix multisport, which is based out of Colorado, um, the founder there, Scott, dropped into our box several times and um, I saw one of his t-shirts and I asked him a question about it and you know our, our relationship was formed from there. So. Oh how cool I love that you know on top of all these add-on programs and specialty classes you also have things that are just like really giving back you know and really helping I don't know I love that I think that's so cool um have there been any lessons learned in terms of these partnerships that maybe you could like um, divulge into that could help other affiliate owners, like whether it's like how to form partnerships like this or even, um, how to, how to coach in these types of programs. Um, the, yeah, the first thing is to make sure that it's something you're definitely ready to take on and that it fits in well with your existing community. Um, you know, we, we had, we are lucky that we had a lot of support from our community. Um, our members are, are really into both programs. Uh, we, they've ended up volunteering um, as assistant staff in each of our programs. Um, but one of the things we had to do because you know we've got so much going on is we had to adjust some of our class schedules to accommodate addition of new classes. And you know there were a couple people that you know in all fairness to them you know they just weren't thrilled about it because you know that's that's their time. That's their happy hour, <laughs> you know. And and we took that away, so they understand the cause behind it. But you know, at the same time, you have to find that balance. So um, that I would say was the biggest lesson we had to learn. Um, everything else is just if you're going to go with it, make sure you get the specific training behind it, so you're able to handle anything that comes up. You know, what are the rules around working with youth? You know, it's different than an adult. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those, I mean, those are important to understand the different de- demographics and how to connect with them. So, yeah, for sure. Um, man, that's so cool. I love that you guys are doing that. I think that's so neat. So, you know, and on top of those programs, kind of back to um, the add-ons, the specialty classes, I'm kind of curious, you know, what what benefits have you found from having a variety of choices and, and you know, members having the ability to choose what to go to, having the option for yoga, having the option for um, lifting? Like, what maybe benefits have you found from having all those different options? Uh, the biggest benefits I've, I've seen so far are, are um, we've had an increased conversion rate from people who come through our um, fundamentals classes. Um, we require everybody to take a standard on-ramp class that we have, which introduces them to all of the programs. So even if somebody comes in with an idea of, I want to do, you know, no barbells, we have them try the barbells anyway, and we let them know it's, you know, just in case somewhere down the road you want to try it, you'll know how to do it. Um, But having that backup option allows them to try that even if they don't necessarily want to do it. And some of them find out they love it. And then they're like, oh, wow, I never thought I would like barbells. And they join our CrossFit program. Some of them confirm what they want. And they still have an option because now they know there are classes there for them where they don't have to touch that scary piece of metal ever again. Um, So conversion there was, it really jumped when we started offering additional programs Retention also uh, has improved too. You know, before we had a barbell club, you know, anybody who wanted to do focused strength training or who signed up for uh, an Olympic lifting competition, they would either disappear for a few months or they would drop out altogether because they would need to go find a weightlifting coach. You know, now it's all in one shop, uh, and all the other stuff is great um, for us to keep that touch on the members. You know, somebody's like, oh, gosh, I've been here two years and I, I still can't do a kipping pull-up. We're like, okay, go to gymnastics class two times a week for two months. You know, go to yoga class. You're looking really tight. I want you to come in this Saturday. And and they see that we're looking out for them and helping them improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Interesting. So what, what maybe – I'm trying to think. Like, what maybe um, – also have you seen in terms of like what helps a program succeed you know uh has it been the coaches the staff behind it has it been you know finding the right time like what are maybe some things that that maybe on the more logistical side have helped the programs you know find success does that make sense that makes a ton of sense um first is making sure that you and your staff are ready um this is our competitors class, for example. This is our second go around at it. The first time we implemented it, we were not ready to, you know, our our coaching staff wasn't yet at the level to work with competitive level athletes. And we were approaching it like, what do we need to do to get somebody to, um, you know, regionals? And <laughs> we didn't know because we'd never been. <laughs> so... Uh, it was too much volume. The programming was a little too scattered, um, and people stopped coming. Um, so, you know, we waited a few years until we had a, a pool of really well-developed coaches who were also competing at a higher level, and 
a pool of athletes who were ready to move to the next level. And we relaunched the program. Um, and we found it much more successful. Uh, we still haven't had anybody get to regionals, but we did have one person come close. And that's we great. Have, hey, that's better than not being close at all. So, but but more importantly, we have a lot of people who are now signing up for local throwdowns. Oh, cool! And doing pretty well, um, and having fun, and and that's really the the most thing we want out of it, you know, because it also addresses the complaints of you don't do this in regular classes. How am I ever going to learn it? Well, now we do it for you. Um, but making sure you're ready to handle it would be the first thing. Um, the second thing would be um, a lot of patience and a lot of listening skills. Um, every program we've opened, you know, has kind of been slow to start, slow to catch on. And sometimes it's like, you know, you've got, you've got two people in class and you're like, oh man, I want this to have 30 people in there. It's so exciting to me. It's so important. Why don't they get it? Well, you know, it's, you got to give them time to understand why it's important. You have to keep talking about it and you have to keep asking questions, you know. Hey, Mary Sue, I, I think you'd be really good at this. Why aren't you coming? Um, and, you know, they'll ask the questions. Our, our gymnastics programming, a lot of people were scared of it because we just called it gymnastics. And so they thought it would mean they'd be doing back levers and tumbling and pommel horse. And so we had to, you know, redefine what it was. And that's why we, it's named skill and strength now. You know, it's like, it's going to teach you some skills. It's going to get your body stronger. It's just going to focus more on moving your body rather than on moving iron or dumbbells. Mm. Yeah, yes. no, that's... Those are some really good points about listening to the members and just understanding like what they need and what they think about it. Because like you were saying with the gymnastics thing, you guys were like, oh, it makes sense to call it the gymnastics class because you're learning gymnastics and that's freaking everybody out. So <laughs> interesting. So and two, um, when it comes to like scheduling them in your and, you know, in the weekly schedule, how do you guys figure out when when to put them, where to put them and what times work? <laughs> Just figuring that one out. <laughs> you got to have the data of where is their space, um, where where is there an opportunity? Um, you know, if if there's a low performing class, can it be repurposed to a different class that people might have more interest in? You know, and um, and you have to be willing to play with it, but you. At the same time, one of those lessons is keep it consistent. You know, we we have one where we were one situation where we were experimenting with midday classes, and we were trying to find the best time frame so we would have it at twelve o'clock sometimes, at one o'clock sometimes, and attendance was terrible. And we just switched it to being all at one time and then suddenly the attendance picked up and we found out that the biggest thing was members didn't know when to come. <laughs> they couldn't remember, is this the day it's at 12 or is this the day it's at one? So I'm just not going to go. <laughs> yeah, I would do that. <laughs> I'd be like, 
yeah, I'm not really sure. I'll just maybe do something in the park <laughs> or go later or even go later. Yeah. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. But that, I feel like that's a hard thing for affiliates is finding that schedule. Cause we, like we had talked before, like you got your sweet spots are 6am and you know, evening classes. So I feel like that's hard to figure out when to put these additional classes in and figure out what works best for them. So yeah, it's, it's always a struggle and we're always looking at the schedule to see, you know, can we improve it? You know, why does this class have a higher average of members versus this class has a lower average? Is it, is it the day of the week? Is it the class content? Is it the trainer? You know, all of those opportunities to, to improve. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm kind of curious, like what happens or how do you maybe know when you need to cut a class? Is it just low attendance where you're like, no one's coming, we're going to end it? Or is it just, you know, bad programming? I guess, how do you know when it's maybe time to say, probably shouldn't have this on the schedule anymore? Uh, trial and error again and patience. Uh, when we first launched our um, intensity class, you know, I wanted a mid-morning class because I had heard a lot of people saying that 6 a.m. was too early, noon was too late. Um, and, you know, but then, so I said, you know, we're going to have a 9 a.m. class. And for the first year, I had no more than two people in it. Today, it is our most popular intensity class um, before 6 p.m., you know, wow. by far. So... That was patience. You know, I had a couple of regulars who would come a couple of times a week, so I wasn't willing to just cut it out from under them. Um, we have had other classes where it's been, you know, it's been over a year, we're going to cut it now. Um, but generally, the first things we try to do are, are talk to the members and, and get that idea of why they're not coming. Um, and if it's just that there's not an interest, that's when the time to cut it is. If, if they have other options during the day, then it's easier to cut it than to keep it. Hmm. Yeah, I know that makes sense. And when you say talk to members, is it, do you guys do a survey or do you literally just, you know, ask around and see what people are thinking? Uh, we do, we have three different ways we get feedback from our members. Um, we will continually ask members, you know, that we count on to give feedback you know, just grab them after class, before class, even during class, you know, we'll be like, hey, we're, we're thinking about this, who would be interested? Um, we have a member advisory board that meets a couple times a year, oh, where cool. we invite members um, from a variety of programs who come uh, multiple, you know, throughout different time periods to give feedback on anything and everything. Um, and that's uh with just one of the owners so they can say whatever they want to say, good or bad. Um, and then we also do a member survey every year. Oh, interesting. I like the advisory board. I've heard of a few other boxes doing that. And it makes sense when the members are the, the heart, the heart and beat of your business that you need to ask them <laughs> what they want. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. So, um, I also have to ask because I feel like there is a like a, a two-sided war in this industry between like some people say you should just have CrossFit, just CrossFit classes, and then other people say you should like expand and do other things. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, like what is your thought process behind, you know, 
having these other options and not just CrossFit, even though a lot of these options sound like they're very CrossFit inspired and they have CrossFit connections. Like, I guess kind of what do you say to that? Like, what's your mentality behind that expansion beyond, you know, just, you know, the basic CrossFit? I think it all ties back to the, you know, basic principles of this fitness program that we all love. You know, I believe that functional movements done at high intensity in a varied pattern, you know, help promote overall fitness. I believe that, you know, people need to maintain a level of strength and mobility throughout their life to be successful um, and, and to grow old gracefully and, and be productive um, and happy. <laughs> um, and, and I think that the benefits of fitness training you know, whatever they are, are great, but I personally have seen the most benefit out of CrossFit-style programming. Um, as far as our brand, um, why do we call ourselves Fearless Athletics and not just CrossFit? Primarily because we wanted, well, there's a couple of reasons. You know, first is when we started planning our growth and, and talking about what do we want to be as far as our identity as a gym, you know, we want our athletes to be fearless. You know, that name resonates a lot more than CrossFit XYZ because you can find CrossFit XYZ anywhere. Um, but, but what is it about your gym that is unique and gives the message of who you are? And, and that's why we selected that. I mean, and the, the other thing is, is, you know, there, there are considerations for longevity that, you know, we never want to de-affiliate. We love CrossFit. We want to stay in and be a CrossFit affiliate. And, and if we were to expand again, you know, we're going to affiliate that location with CrossFit as well because we believe in the program. But, you know, someday CrossFit might say, hey, you're not an affiliate anymore. You know, then, or, then what are we going to do? we want to be able to carry on as well. Mm. Um, so that, that, those are the reasons, you know, our initial reasons behind the brand. The other, the other thing is, is it, it ties us all together. You know, people can now, you know, go to our South Philly location and say, oh yeah, this is the same type of place as I saw a mile away in Penn's Landing. You guys, you know, same name. I know what to expect when I walk in the door. No, for sure. No, thanks. I'm just always curious because I, I know there's like two sides to that, so I have to ask. <laughs> um, well, cross yourself whatever you want. Would you say? I said, do CrossFit or workouts inspired by CrossFit, and call yourself whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like you're I right. Yeah, I mean, cross CrossFit <laughs> works. So I, I like I like your like you're like I believe in functional movement done at high intensity. It's great. I love it. So, um, and, and kind of going off of that too, Will, I'm just kind of curious because I know I've been looking at your guys' website and, and saw that you have a, an interesting membership structure. Um, I think you offer like three different types of memberships and then things are included in this and things are included in that. I was just kind of curious if you could like maybe break that down a little bit and, and just explain how you decided on those different membership offers. Sure. I actually took notes about that because I That's had to think great. about it. That's <laughs> great. Because I was like, I was yeah. reading, I was like, wow, there's, 
we need to talk about this. There's so many options and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so the first thing is, it seems like there's a lot of options, but we actually wanted to try to make it simple. We wanted to say, what are your goals? You know, if somebody doesn't want weight training, we know their goal is intensity. If somebody wants to get strong quickly, you know, it's a question of, do you want CrossFit or do you want to just lift weight? Um, so we let them select a program from there. Um, if they have a more overall goal, you know, that's kind of like what we're encountering now is, is we get a lot of people who are like, well, I want to be strong. I want to be fast. I like playing with barbells some days. Some days I don't feel like it. So then we said, okay, well, you could pick from two programs or you can have an all-inclusive membership and, and do whatever you want. And then from there, it's just a question of how many days a week do you want to train? You either get a, a three-time-a-week option or unlimited workouts. Yeah. See, when you explain it, that makes total sense, which is probably what you do with the members when they come in. You sit down with them and you talk through their goals versus me on the website going, I feel like there's a lot to choose from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But that makes sense. Interesting. I like, I kind of like that mentality and basing it on the members' goals and giving them different options based on what they want. So, no, that's pretty awesome. So, um, and just when it, when it comes to structuring those memberships, I mean, do you have any advice that you would give to affiliates on like how you guys came to those conclusions and, and maybe what you would um, say could, that could probably help an affiliate structure their own membership types? Um, the simpler, the better. Uh, and if it's not spelled out on your website, you're, you're not going to make a sale. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the you know, you have to call us to find out about our membership and pricing. Um, I, I understand that it's a great opportunity to talk about what makes your box unique. Um, I also believe that at the same time, you should also convey that message up front because you are going to have a lot of members who are going to skip over you if they don't know what their options are. Um, you know, but simpler is better. And uh, never be afraid to take the time, even, no matter how much you simplify it, to say, you know, hey, let me explain it more. What questions do you have? Um, and, and usually I found the best way for me is, you know, like we talked about before, bring it back to the member and say, okay, you don't know what you want? Well, let's talk about your workouts. What are you looking to get? You know, where do you want to be in three months, six months, a year? And then we can recommend something for you. No, I think that's a very good point. So awesome. And then Will, probably one of my last questions for you is, you know, do you have any um, maybe other advice, lessons learned when it comes to, you know, adding on those programs, those specialty classes that you think other, um, you know, owners could learn from? Um, I, I think we might have hit on them already, but I, I would reinforce them though. You know, um, stay in constant communication with your members if something's not working out the way you thought it was, ask them why and see if it's something that you can improve upon or if it's just a question of you need to clarify what the offering is because, you know, you're not getting your message across. Um, be patient, but know when that balance point is for you of, you know, when to cut your losses or whether or not you're going to hunker down and stay with it in the long haul because it can be expensive to grow a program with a trainer who's sitting there, you know, with an empty room <laughs> and, and just listen, 
observe and measure everything. I think those are good last words to end on. Good, good little recap. So if, if you guys don't want to listen to the whole thing, just listen to these last few minutes, but you probably listened to the whole thing if you got here. So exactly. yay. <laughs> awesome. Well, Will, seriously, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down. Let me pick your brain about all these different programs you guys have, just kind of structuring it. And, and it just sounds like you got something good going over there in Philly. So really super appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks so much, Heather. I appreciate it.